0: The Healing the City podcast is a ministry of the Village Church in Tucson, Arizona. If you enjoy the Healing the City podcast and wish to support it financially, you can go to villagersonline.com, click the We Give tab, and follow the instructions. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hi, my name is Eric Siepen. I'm one of the hosts of Healing the City podcast. The following podcast is our second part in our interview with Ron Brown. Enjoy and God bless. All right, so so you come back from Korea. and.
1: What do you decide to do? Like, where are you headed like, from there? Uh, so How old are you at that point in time um, coming back so from Korea? So, when I got to Korea, I would have been um, coming up on 26. Okay, 26 and, years old. Yeah, and when I left, it was just after my, um, just after just before my 28th birthday. Okay. And so, while I was in Korea, I applied to occupational therapy programs in Canada. Okay. And then I came back because I got in. Okay. Um, And so, yeah, like I came back and then within a few weeks of my return, I was back in school again.
0: Wow. And so did you go to the University of Toronto for that or somewhere else?
1: No, I I applied there and I I actually might've gotten in, but I withdrew my application when I got into a different school called the University of Western Ontario. I just kind of wanted to change the scenery.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So you go there. How long is occupational
1: therapy? Uh, Two years. It's a two-year degree. Yeah, but like 24 months. So you're going in the summer too. Oh, okay. So it's
0: year-round, two years.
1: You do that... Yep. So that's too much So now you're you're 30.
0: 30 um, years old? 29.
1: What would I have been? 2011 was when I graduated. So I would I 29, uh yeah, 29. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're
0: 29 years old. Mm-hmm. And and how then do you get from Western Ontario to Arizona, Tucson, Arizona.
1: Okay, so it wasn't direct. It wasn't a direct flight. Okay, Uh, (laughs) I went to uh, the interior of British Columbia for over three years. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the the area I was uh, living in was a beautiful place called Kelowna. Mm -hmm. It's basically in. It's the region is called the Okanagan Valley. Okay, and it's kind of like Canada's Napa Valley. You could say it's wine country. It's scenic. It's beautiful. It's you know, it's dry and, you know, it's all that kind of thing. And I was there for over three years and I just realized, you know, I'm, I'm not really happy here. And so what are my options? Um, I could move back to Toronto, but I, like, I, I immediately rejected that because the weather in Kelowna is way better than the weather in Toronto. So okay. I'm, like, I'm not going back to that. <laughs> right. Uh, that makes sense. Right. And then, um, Vancouver would be an option. Like my best friend lived there, but you know, there it just like I get seasonal affective disorder. Their winters would just brutalize me. Yes, um, like they get they get more rain and, and clouds than England. Yeah, um, and so and, and it's also extremely expensive there. Um, however, so I, when I went to Rutgers, I actually got into two U.S. schools, and one of them was the University of Arizona. Uh, and so I, I I was it took me a little bit of time to decide between Rutgers and u a and I ended up choosing Rutgers just because of its reputation and its closeness to other schools with right. you know professors I could maybe network with and work right. with right. But I really thought it was beautiful when I came out here, and like all my life, my dream was to live in a place where winter was. Not real. Not real. It doesn't <laughs> exist.
0: It doesn't exist. No, um, it does not. We only on top of the mountain for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it's like like in Toronto, I had got a seasonal affective disorder lamp uh, um, when I was about nineteen. Okay, because I would get depressed in the winter, but even more than I got depressed, I would just be nappy. Okay. Um, and so every time I moved somewhere after, among the first things I would do is check the long range weather statistics. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> And so yeah, Tucson is a total slam dunk. I love sun, hate humidity, love cacti, palm trees, mountains, sunshine, sized cities. Wow. Like, you know, how many boxes can you check off? They
0: all got checked off. So you just moved here after, <laughs> after three years in Cologne or
1: yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And I've been here for seven now.
0: Okay. So you get here and we don't have to do all seven years. More interesting to me is what people probably some people know because they've heard your testimony but Mm -hmm. others don't is that that you were a pretty ardent if a rationalist atheist agnostic atheist Mm -hmm. but you were definitely in the atheist camp yeah and uh and now you're a follower of jesus so kind of take us through that transition and how you get to the Healing the City podcast, talking about your life. Like, yeah.
1: That? Um, so it's like, and, and, like, and there were several years where I wasn't just an atheist. I was a militant atheist. Like, you would not have enjoyed talking to me. Um, you were mean. Okay, we got I, I wasn't mean, but <laughs> if you said something I thought was... Wrong. I, I Like, or silly, like, I, you know, I wouldn't be afraid. I wouldn't sugarcoat my answer to you yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was pretty militant. Like uh, I even briefly was the president of the University of Toronto Secular Alliance, which is like the atheist club. Okay, uh, and I did that as a, as as a graduate. Like I went back to be a pro- I wasn't I wasn't even in the community anymore. I'm like that's how much I cared. Um, but then as the years went on, like I maintained my agnostic atheism, um, but I didn't quite have the same fervor. Um, and then um jordan peterson had a big influence on me i think um just showing how much wisdom there is in uh in the bible for example like i would watch him give speeches and lectures and and he would cite some biblical verses and i'd be like that's actually brilliant like i don't need to believe in god to see the brilliance of that piece of information um, so there was that. Um, well, let me
0: pause you there because I've noticed this in your your nature. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious as to where it comes from. Unlike uh, some people, you tend to be willing to view things good truth without like a bias. You, you really give it its weight and its credit. And where do you think that
1: comes from? Um, I would uh, give that credit to that to a few sources. So one would be my group of friends growing up in high school and in university, uh, Randy, Rob, I mentioned them both in my, uh, testimonial. We were in a group where I remember, um, so they were more interested in politics than I was. I wasn't interested in it at all. So like when the Iraq war was happening, like Randy was my roommate and he was like, or actually no, he was my roommate yet, but anyway, he was like really into that, mm-hmm. uh, issue whereas I felt like I'm a university student now. I go to the University of Toronto. I identify as a smart person. So I obviously have to have an opinion on this. Right. right, right. But I, I hadn't I earned the right to have an opinion because I hadn't read more than like two sentences on the whole issue. Sure. And so what would happen was um I would try and participate in conversations that he and my other friends would have and I would try to pretend to know things I didn't know and have opinions mm. that I just that I didn't You know, I I tried to come to opinions on the spot just like because I felt like an obligation to have one. Right, right, right. And I kept embarrassing myself. And, And so after a few weeks of this, I realized this is a terrible strategy for me. I should say, I don't know more often Mm. (laughs) so that there was that. And then, um, being in the psych research program and being a student of John Verveke and, and, and like, you know, other students who idolized him, like I did, you could not say something that was questionable without knowing for certain, you will be questioned about it Mm. and it might be embarrassing for you. Right. Right. And so I learned, uh, to be very careful in what I say, to be humble when I'm not sure um, and to also try and, and – and then also try – you know I just think it's a good thing to try and look at things from both sides because if you don't, then one, you don't understand. And two, that's how you start viewing people who disagree with you as evil and or stupid. Right, right. Yeah.
0: So anyway, we'll go back. Jordan Peterson, he's he's starting to quote – he quotes verses. You're like, wow, that's wisdom. I don't need to believe in God to really accept this. Yeah. So he, Jordan Peterson is a, a signpost in a sense for you. He starts yeah. guiding you. Um, and you you were familiar with him already because mm-hmm. you you took a class from him and even had coffee with him
1: once I heard yeah yeah yeah
0: so yeah. that's for another story But anyway <laughs> your journey into the kingdom of god mm-hmm. starts with jordan peterson kind of opening you up towards these things
1: yeah so there was that but i also just i wanted a positive community um and like as far as i could think of okay these are these are my ideas for positive community um church was one um and the other categories were extreme sports, like uh, things like mixed martial arts, mm-hmm. triathlon running. Yeah. Like, I feel like those kind of things where there's like a big hardship and it's a long-term project, they are great for community. It's almost mm-hmm. like a hazing process. Mm-hmm. Um, but the only problem is, is I have severe issues with my neck and my like my lower back, and I got ankle and foot issues. None of those are on the table for me. Um, so And then I knew Michael Cousineau, Um and you know, he like, he just always spoke so well, this community, and like, he, did, he didn't even need to speak well of it beyond him just saying, yeah, I basically like flipped my whole life upside down to be a part of this community. The, the, there is no bigger endorsement than that. No, there isn't. Right. And so I just felt like, you know, he's a guy who I hang out with, with a mixture of atheists and believers, and he gets along so well with all of us. And so if he loves this place that much, you know, like, I can't imagine you guys annoying me that much. Uh, <laughs> but and, and I just really wanted to meet new People, yeah. Um, so, and like, you know, having been here for several years, I've met most of my friends on like through meetup groups or through friends I met at meetup groups, right? And the problem with um meeting friends on meetup groups is like, I was just going to like general social groups, I wasn't like going to like a soccer enthusiast group, right? Where it's like when you go to a group that's just like a social club, right? Um, the majority of the members are gonna be people that are not from Tucson. That's why they're there to meet people from town. Right. Um and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the only thing is is that they're less likely to still be here in five years. Right, right. And and then kinda of mean, but like if they actually are from Tucson and it's like if they're thirty five going to a social group. It's like, I don't know, like maybe... They're looking for a spouse. They're looking for... I don't know, or just... The kind of like, re- I guess, I don't know. Well, like
0: socially, I don't know. Yeah, like, it just yeah. exactly.
1: Like, I, I, I'm trying not to be mean, but yeah, it's kind of no, like, you, you know, know, like... I mean, so, yeah, but so I felt so like... You, yeah. Yeah, so church is, um, I felt like, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of people here that are actually from here, right. which means that they're, they're, they're probably still going to be here in five years. Right? <laughs> and like, I have been in the market for new friends and everything because uh, as it happened over the past, like in the year leading up to covid four of my friends had left town oh, wow. like that was like 70 percent of my wow. friends <laughs> so uh yeah and that's relatively big friend circle for tucson
0: <laughs> as you well know um so yeah so you come so michael invites you and yeah you come. Well, actually, I-,
1: I asked him and he's like yeah just come <laughs>
0: so cool. so you come yeah, yeah and you're an atheist and you're pretty clear that you're an atheist yeah, like, yeah you yeah. tell us that you don't yeah you know i mean For us, it was like having a pet. Not not really. (laughs) This is our atheist (laughs) run. There's a little truth to that. Not a lot, but yeah. Um, So anyway... Just take us through the process this because you were very clear that you were not a believer in God. Right. And mm-hmm. and it was very unlikely that you were going to be. Yeah. And now you are. So just take us through the process of that, how that happened.
1: Yeah, well so like, like I I didn't f- and it wasn't because I was opposed to the idea. Like I've wanted to believe for quite a few years. Like like as I said in my testimonial, like I've dealt with anxiety and depression and despair and like all that stuff, like in heaps. Right. And you know, to feel like God is on my side and that I'm, and because of God, I'm never alone. And you know, that if I live right, he'll bring me to where I need to be. Like how reassuring would all of that been? Yeah. Um, but it's like, just because you think something would be helpful to believe doesn't mean that, but you can believe, it, right. And, um, so I, like, and then you know, several months later, um, you know, I, I had a, um, I was in a relationship with someone in the church, and uh, she, she um, had to kind of call it off because, in good part, because of my, of just I, I didn't share her faith, and and I, and I got that immediately like like as an even as an atheist militant atheist years ago like i was i had no problem with a person who is muslim saying i only want to date a muslim or a jew or christian saying the same thing about their faiths because like right right like i may not be a believer but i know what it's like to have beliefs beliefs that are very important to you yeah no definitely and if you can't and like the it makes the most sense that the person that you should share your most important beliefs are the person that is the most important to you right um so but i did say to her like and to others including you that i'm gonna seriously look into this i think the odds are like almost zero because what are the odds i'm gonna hear something some idea that i haven't heard yet yeah um so yeah but then i did
0: and can you just talk I mean, for those people who are not at the village who listen to this podcast yeah can you help people just what what was it that moved you from point A to point B? Like, can you, that week basically, can yeah, you t- well, tell us the story of the week?
1: I was halfway there within about an hour. <laughs> um, so uh, several, I mean, I mentioned this in the testimonial too. Um, one of my best friends growing up was a, a guy named John, and um, you know, we kind of grew apart, and so we, we you know, we, we've only been speaking to each other once every handful of years, maybe twice, but that'd be about the extent of it. Um, I was supposed to go home to Toronto for Christmas this past year, but because of like COVID restrictions and stuff, I ended up canceling the trip. Uh, Several months before I was supposed to go, I called him up because I wanted to see about just, you know, meeting up at some point while I was there. And so one day I'm driving home from church and throughout our whole friendship, we had we either didn't talk about religion, but if we did, we were both definitely atheists and we were very much scientific rationalists. Like he read on the origin of species cover to cover in his free time as a high school student, you know, he's read a brief history of time, which apparently is the most unread bought book in the world. Interesting, (laughs) Maybe after the Bible. Um, but, (laughs) um, anyhow, so one day I'm driving home from church and I'm talking to him on my car phone, Bluetooth, my Bluetooth thing. And I just said, like, you're never going to believe where I'm driving home from right now. And he said, where? And I said, church. And his his response was, oh, that's cool. I go to church, too. <laughs> oh, and oh so, like, goodness. I couldn't believe it. Like, I thought I was going to drop his job, but he dropped mine. Yeah. Wow. Um And so I asked him and he's just like, well, you know, years ago, like I started reading into it and, uh, like his neighbors were Christians and they kind of perked up his interest. And, you know, he's a, he's a guy that likes to learn and read. That's why he read on the origin of species cover to cover as a teenager. And so he just started looking into it. And he just said that like, basically the more he read, he eventually got to the point where he could no longer not believe. And that's on rational grounds. Um, And he also told me about some crazy experiences he had too, which were just... Unheard of, um, but that was the big thing when he said uh, said that. Um, so that wasn't what changed me because, like, I, I this was like months before I right, changed. Right, right, right. But when I said that I was going to look into this seriously, I knew that he had to be the very first person I call because if anyone's going to win me over, it's right, going to be right, someone yeah. like him. Um, and so That's, we. Are,
0: by the way, thank you. John. Yeah, thank you, John. I love you. <laughs> and um,
1: part of me want, uh, part of, all of me wants to invite you to come down to Tucson just partly so I can bring you to the church and say, hey, here's the guy who did it. Mm. Although he won't take full credit. He'll say at most it was him and God tag teaming me. Right. Um, but um, yeah, um, so we arranged, it was Sunday uh, that I arranged that I said that I committed to doing this deep research. Yeah. And so I, I messaged him that evening and I said, can we talk? And so we arranged to talk the very next evening. Um, you know, we started talking at about 6.30 p.m. Tucson time. And I think by 730, that's when he got to talking about, um, well, what he started off with was saying that, like, early on, he always thought that, like, religion was all about power and control, like the Catholic Church and mm-hmm. everything. And, he's, and he realized eventually that that doesn't apply in this case, because early on, the Christians were, like, that power didn't come for hundreds of years. Like, they were persecuted mercilessly. Like, if Jesus wanted to get power, he would have just been the best rabbi in town right you know like <laughs> right. um but and it's, but then but the thing that that really perked my ears up was when he started citing uh biblical prophecies and, and uh from the old testament about the life the birth life death and resurrection of Christ um and and he and he took me item by item about any way that you want to dismiss this it's very hard to do it that way because like are you like it's not like the Jewish people are going to let the early Christians rewrite their Torah to make it look like all these prophecies were laid out beforehand right, right. that's not that's off the table completely right um the Romans and uh who are afraid of this as a possible power threat are not going to just like help him fake his death and like create like they were trying to like they were trying to stop him that was the whole thing. So why right. would they help him? Right. Uh and the same thing applies to the uh, to the Jewish uh, authorities too. So that's off the table. Um and then it it didn't really make sense for like the Roman guards to like, you know, help him out because one they were Roman guards. Right. And two, the king had a well-known reputation for killing people who screwed this kind of thing up. Yes. And then last of all, it's like, why would all these believers, of followers of Christ, most compellingly Paul, who actually was one of the biggest censors, or not censors, uh, persecutors. Uh, I uh, guess he would yeah, be well, a also censor. That, yeah, I guess, yeah, the best way to <laughs> shut them up is, is to kill them. Um, but um, why would they risk their lives, get tortured if they didn't really believe? And then I started looking to other sources too, and it's like, you know, historical sources like that were not christians would they wouldn't always confirm um like oh the resurrection the resurrection happened i'm not sure if i found that i don't think i found that but like they would they would reference the existence of these people they you know they would reference simon they would reference paul they would reference jesus of nazareth so it's like they're admitting that these people actually exist right mm-hmm. and 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 then when you look at like the way that like the early jewish authorities responded to the miracles of christ and that that was probably the hardest thing i had to believe it's like he turned like a loaf of four or five loaves of bread or seven loaves and done enough to feed thousands like really but um when they were commenting on jesus they never said things to my knowledge like, "Oh Jesus, what are you talking about? He he doesn't exist or or he exists but he's just a regular dude. He's Mary's kid." You know, like he did, he didn't do any magic tricks. What are you talking about? No, they would say like he did things like engaged in sorcery and witchcraft. It's like, "Oh, so you admit that he's doing things that just boggle the mind." Yes. Right? So like you put all that together um and then you and then so I go to bed that night and I just start feeling different in all the right ways, and it continues over the next few days. Mm. And yeah, that was what did it for me. Wow. Yeah.
0: And so then you you, you got baptized. And here you are. Yeah. I mean, how, how many how many weeks have you been a follower of Jesus?
1: Like a month, <laughs> um, a month and a half. Yeah. Time when, flies. When was the day? It, it well, I think I committed to looking. It, it was. It happened in late January. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and we're talking March right now. End yeah. Of so March. it's it's and, and February is a short month. Yeah. So it's probably been like eight weeks. Yeah. or something yeah, like that. Wow, yeah. that's,
0: that's so crazy. Yeah yeah and i have it's been so cool just to be along with you to to watch this happen and and to uh to know as you well know that I knew it was going to happen oh please tell that story it's so incredible okay well I'll tell so uh in october um as I' am just in some time with God and journaling one of the things that God told me was that Ron would become a Christian, and not only that Ron would become a Christian that michael would baptize him and uh I When I wrote it down, I, I, what I said to God was, yeah, that's not happening. Like, in my own human belief, like, it would have to be a miracle. Yeah. Right? There'd have to be, like, a miraculous thing. And when I hear your story, every time you tell it, it's as if the Holy Spirit just landed on you and you're like, you're a different person. <laughs> right? And you talk about how... It even changed the way you look at patients. It changes the way you look at people. It it really changed the way you
1: interact. It really does. Yeah. Like it's having a huge impact. Like it's, like I jokingly, but seriously said to you about a week ago, like this is the best antidepressant I've ever taken. Um, And, but yeah, it is. um, It's like, I, I, I genuinely am much more interested in the well-being of others than I used to be and I am getting less self obsessed and neurotic and you know like it, it it's it's such a good thing
0: yeah no, it's really cool um, I can testify to the change that I have even seen in you just uh-huh. in the way you interact with people huh. um, and Thank talk you. yeah it's very cool so um so let's just talk because now you've been a Christian for uh Eight weeks, but you've been in this. What, what's evident is that you've been on this journey for a long time. Yeah. God has been chasing you around and, and he found you here. But you have a heart for people who were in the place that you were in.
1: Absolutely. And yeah.
0: and one of the things that you felt was really key for you was that you could step into a church and understand that there was great wisdom there yeah. without having to believe that like there isn't... And maybe this isn't true in every church, but there isn't a pressure to believe Mm -hmm. and you can still gain good things. And maybe you will enter the kingdom and maybe you won't, but it's not something to be ignored. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things you want to do, and we're probably going to start a podcast doing this, is just beginning to invite people into seeing the wisdom of Scripture. Right. Um, and the benefits you, of the community. Yeah. And the community. So can you yeah. talk just a as a, Hey, here's what's happening. Here's what's coming. Here's my vision. Can you talk
1: a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. Well, so the first thing I want to say is, um, to any like atheists who, you know, want to come out, uh, or, you know, want to talk to me or like, cause maybe you're not, you're not in Tucson, uh, you know, that can be arranged. Um, I, I can make a few promises to you. One is I'm not going to try and convert you. Two, I'm not going to try and pressure you in any way. And three, I'm not going to pretend to know things I don't. Um, I also want to say that I still have the utmost respect for atheism. I know how strong a position it is because I held it for all those years because I thought it was just rock solid. And I still do think that it is a completely defensible belief system, um, at least as defensible as the one I currently hold. Um, and so, yeah, like, I get it. I get it completely. Um so that that's one thing. But at the same time, though, it's like, I remember when I heard about the prophecies of Jesus, one of the first things that I was asking is, I've watched Christian debates, like Christian atheist debate before. Why don't you lead with this stuff? like why don't you lead with this this stuff is compelling and it's i asked michael why and he said part of the reason might be is that it doesn't lend itself well to the debate format because you need more time to flesh it out than debates let you have and uh, that makes sense um but really um so why should an atheist come to church um Lots of reasons. One is it's a positive source of community. You don't have to believe everything that the people around you believe, but nevertheless, it's a positive community. Um, Like Jesus is the role model of this community. And Jesus is a person of wisdom, of humility, um, of moral conviction. Like they're the kind of things that if you saw them in in another person, you would admire them in that person. And so... Even if you don't believe in Jesus as a person who existed or or as a person who was the son of God, um, why wouldn't you want to be around people who make it a point of at least once a week sitting and pondering the importance of these critical, moral, positive lessons? Like, it's it's just a good idea to remind yourself of these things and to be around other people too, because it's, I think it kind of like, it helps reset your compass every week so you don't drift off too far. Um, so there's that. Um if you've like uh, one of my friends, Randy, like I, have kind of been encouraging him to go. Um, and the re and he's an atheist. And the reason is, is because he and his wife live in Vancouver, Canada. Um, a lot of their friends over the last few years have left town and both of their families, their mom, you know, the grandma and grandpas and all aunts and uncles, they're all in the Toronto area and they have two little boys. Uh, one is like six, seven months old or so. And the other one is like two years and change. um, and especially during COVID, it's like all these uh, these boys were seeing was mom, dad, and dog for a while, right, right, right. And it's like it would be good for them to be in a community of people. You know, because you kids like we all need that interaction, and and what's more is that I think it's a great source of confidence. Like, you see the kids here, and you just you see that they are just surrounded in this web of love, like which I think frees them to take risks and whatnot because they know they have a social safety net to catch them whenever they fall. Mm. You know, I think just, there's just so many benefits.
0: Yeah, and so your hope yeah. is to do a series of podcasts, yeah, that basically begin to try to help people see the wisdom of Jesus Exactly. and yeah. kind of be an entryway in and a way to, to look at the Bible and understand it as helpful. Even if you don't believe that Jesus was God. Absolutely. And so that's exciting, yeah, you know, is. and that's obviously, um, Gonna probably take a little bit of work to set up, like what podcast you want to do and how you want to talk about that. And, yeah, but you've already done. I can tell your brain works uh, on on you know supercharge a lot of times, so <laughs> I'm pretty sure you've done a lot of that. At least the head work, and you'll start banging some stuff out. But yeah, so people should look forward to that in the next month or two. There's going to be a series of podcasts coming out.
1: Yeah, I, I think I might have thought of a good name for it. Um, well, although like, I guess it will be under the auspices of, of this podcast, it but, will, but it, they but,
0: our sections have names, so.
1: okay? So, well, so two things is one thing is I'm thinking like next year I'm applying for citizenship, and mm, cool. uh, one of our members, Ashley, who's, is a lawyer, and she told me that you know, when you apply for citizenship, like a name change could basically be done in one fluid motion. Oh, wow, and so I'm consi- like. Michael had told me that you know at baptism, it's some people will actually change their name yeah. to a, like a biblical name. And, yes, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not changing my first name. One, I identify with it too much. Yeah. Two, I feel like it would be kind of an affront to my mom. Yeah. Um, but re- yeah, it's just too weird to change my. It's, yeah. it's, it's You know, it's yeah. too connected to me. Um, but. I am. I think I'm going to change my middle name. I I think I'm going to make it Paul. Um, That's really cool. Which is funny because then (laughs) I'll be Ron Paul. But I don't have any problems with Ron Paul, so that's okay. Yeah,
0: it's awesome, though.
1: Um, And I like comedy, so hey, why not? Right. Um, But I I just, when I'm reading, uh, when I've been reading the New Testament, it's just like his situation, like it spoke to me. Like, you know, he was an intense persecutor of Christians. I was an intense persecutor of Christians. Now I didn't go killing them like Thank he you. did. No, you're welcome. Um, but, um, you know, it's like, like the way I put it is I wasn't trying to kill Christians and I wasn't even trying to kill their faith, but I was certainly trying to give them the knife to kill their, to kill their faith themselves. Yeah. Um, and so, and then now look at the way I'm talking now. Yeah. Right. And so, I'm thinking of changing my. I think there's a really good chance I'm going. My middle name is going to be Paul in, in, in the next year, uh, and then the, the idea for the podcast title is the Book of Paul.
0: Nice, nice. That would be really cool. Yeah. yeah, that's very cool. Well. Ron I, I don't know if there's anything else you want to say But we've covered a ton of stuff So yeah. this, I will probably break this down into about three podcasts and oh, Some wow. intros So people can kind of digest it in smaller sections Because it's <laughs> a lot um, But thank you for sharing your story with us Is there anything you else you want to say before we close out? I'm good oh, Awesome well thanks This was so much fun yeah. Thanks for telling your story It was Alright everybody take care